This is the Gospel for Life, where we have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. Around the table today is Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Jonathan Van Hoogen from Dayspring United Reformed Church, Vinnie Hanke from Valley Life Community Church, and Ryan Hemphill from Treasure Valley Reformed Presbyterian Church. To catch earlier broadcasts, just search The Gospel for Life wherever you subscribe. To find out more about this ministry and about our annual conference, go to ReformationBoise.com. Welcome back to The Gospel for Life. We are officially starting our Advent series today. If this is troubling for you and you're wondering, is it okay to, as a Christian, to engage in... Um, Christmas. Um, you can go back and listen to our broad, our podcast from Friday, last week Friday. But also, if if that's the case, you can just look at this and say, well, no, this is not an Advent series. This is a Christology series. Um, this is a study of the life, the person and work of Christ. Hmm. And that's really, in, in my opinion, what true Advent messages, devotions. So in our home, we would stop our normal devotional life and pick up an advent devotional and we do that at least in part because there is really nothing more important in my opinion for my kids to know than the the person and work of christ and if if every december we stop and pause about and and think about and talk about well why did christ come into the world why was jesus born and and what did he accomplish I, I, to me, that's time well spent. So if if it's troubling for you that we're doing Advent, we're not doing Advent then. For you, we're doing Christology. And what we want to do in this season, uh, the month of December, is each day kind of work through a different name or title of Christ. And today is the Lion of Judah. Where does this come from? What are the the references and the, and the scriptures that develop this idea of the Lion of Judah? Uh, in the New Testament, it comes out of uh, Revelation 5, verse 5. Then one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. Look, the Lion from the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered, so that he is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. And that's a reference back to, it's, it's kind of interesting, it, it's the bookends of the Bible. It's you know it, in Genesis 49 where... Um, Jacob is blessing his sons and he gets to Judah in verse eight and says, Judah, you are he whom your brothers shall praise. Your hand shall be on the neck of your enemies. Your father's children shall bow down before you. Judah is a lion's whelp from the prey. My son, you have gone up. He bows down. He lies down as a lion as, and as a lion who shall rouse him. The scepter shall not depart from Judah nor a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh comes and to him shall be the obedience of the people. So it's speaking of this um, <coughs> lion that's coming from Judah, but ultimately a king that's coming from Judah. Yeah, and, and, and so the, with good reason, the biblical interpreters throughout history regard this blessing that Jacob pronounces on Judah as, a, as one of the earliest predictions of the coming Messiah, the scepter, the symbol of kingly authority is going to remain in Judah's hand until the obedience of the people come to him. 
and uh, and and so this this wording is also picked up in Ezekiel chapter twenty one verse twenty seven, which speaks of Israel's crown being restored to the one to whom judgment belongs, and so it's it's pointing to the one who who rules and who will judge and uh, uses the metaphor of a lion uh, to bring that across. Yeah, oftentimes the symbol of a lion in the Old Testament is used to describe God's power, his ferocity mm-hmm. in judgment. Uh, Isaiah 31.4 speaks of this as, as God, a, as, a, as a roaring lion who, who's not afraid when the shepherds come to scare it away, but will devour his enemies. So how does this name help us understand the person and work of Christ? Well, I think that I think that uh, we understand that that Christ, uh, the Messiah, is going to rule like a lion. He's he's you know he's going to in God's kingdom is going to be established as he defeats Satan and sin and death and other enemies. He's you know so I think that in that sense you see that power that you know he he's going to deal with uh, his prey. He's going to he's going to enjoy his meal. He's going to leave you know. He's going to satisfy himself. There's also this um, imagery. You know, Jesus is is also called the uh, the Lamb of God that was slain before the foundation of the world. He was also, you know, as a sheep is led to its shears, is silent. So was Christ as he was going to the cross. You know, and there's as we're considering the first advent in Jesus' state of humiliation. You know, there's this. Um, you know, he he's as that lamb, as that sheep led to the slaughter meek and mild and humble but i think there's also then that's going to be balanced with his second coming his second advent he's still the lamb of god but he's the lion of the tribe of judah and as you know vinnie pointed out there's this aspect of of judgment that's included mm-hmm. in that and he's when the world when he comes back i mean the, the, he's not coming back as a meek and mild lamb he's coming back as the ferocious lion uh to judge the living and the dead and, and Matthew Henry takes this uh, a reference to uh, Genesis uh, 49, and he says, uh, Judah or, here is compared not to a lion rampant, always tearing, always raging, always ranging, but to a lion enjoying the satisfaction of his power and success. Mm. And the, the, another aspect of, of this, you know, how it relates to the first coming of, of Christ is that we have this traceable royal lineage uh, that culminates in the birth uh, of Jesus uh, you know it begins with it it's it's with Judah uh, he's the promised uh, line from Ju- from Judah he's not only Judah's son he's also Judah's lord he's the king of the Jews uh, Jesus Christ David's greater son and David is in that line of of Judah in fact in, in mark 1 that's Jesus first uh, recorded words is that the kingdom is present. The kingdom is here. He comes announcing as the king. Uh, it speaks to his preeminence and the primacy uh, in, his, in his first coming, uh, that he is superior far above all others who have been sent in God's name, God himself in the flesh. Uh, he's also primacy. He's also the only way in which we may be saved. Uh, all of that is wrapped up in this image of the lion. As Again, we would understand it to be the, the king of the jungle or the, or the primary mm. um, animal. Why is it significant that we're we're talking about Judah? How does that play into the importance of it's the you know he's the lion of Judah? So we get the the lion part, but why Judah? 
Well, Judah was the name of the tribe that is the nation of Israel is made up of. It's one of Jacob's sons, and it's the line of right from that blessing that Jacob mm-hmm. gives his son that the the benefit of the throne or the kingdom would, would would be connected to, and then that connects down through the prophetic promises that God makes down through the line of Judah, which we see fulfilled in Jesus' genealogy in the Gospels. Yeah, there's a narrowing of this prophetic literature that begins with uh, Genesis three fifteen. You know, the uh, of the of the one that is going to be born that's going to crush Satan's head, and then we're told that in Abraham, all the nations of the earth are going to be blessed. You know, and so we we see it in this family line, and then we see it in you know the tribe. You know, the sons of of Jacob, and it, he has twelve sons, and it's now the line of Judah. And uh, and just you're, you're seeing this traceable Judah, thing. But doesn't Judah feel like the wrong choice? Why isn't it Joseph? Why isn't it a son of Joseph? And what is significant about Judah with regard to how? I mean, it's Judah, and then it goes to his son Perez. What what's significant about that? Well, I, th- I think ultimately it comes down to as. God chose Abraham as God chose Isaac. God chose Jacob. God chose Judah through God. whom the, the line would come. But one of the things I've always found fascinating, I don't know if this is what you're thinking of, of Russ, but way back even before you know Genesis 49, uh, when we're back in, in Genesis 29, uh, where we have the family of Jacob actually starting, and you know, as the story unfolds and the account given, he's he has two wives, sister wives, Leah and Rachel, and he really loves Rachel. But Leah was given to him as a wife uh, through some trickery of her father. But God closed Rachel's womb, but gave sons through Leah. And uh, you know, the firstborn was was Reuben, and Leah's response was, "Now my husband will love me." Uh, the second son was Simeon, and she still was seeking after her husband's affection. The third son was Levi. And again, she's responding and saying she's still desiring that affection from her husband. The fourth son is Judah. And her response after conceiving and bearing Judah is that now I will praise the Lord. And it's just, it's always struck me that, I mean, obviously it's not based on Leah's response, but God had purpose to use Judah and it was through him through Perez, that the Christ would come. But I've always found it interesting that it's the birth of Judah that really draws Leah not to her husband, but to the Lord himself in finding her satisfaction in him. And you have to remember that Judah, the child that is going to be in the lineage of Christ, is actually born from an illicit relationship that Judah has with his daughter-in-law. Right. And And he thinks that she's a prostitute. prostitute. Yes. And that's the child. Yeah, it's Judah that's chosen. And if you if you trace the life of Jacob, what you'll find is that I believe Jacob, from the very beginning, thought that the Messiah was coming from Joseph, the coat mm-hmm. of many colors. Every time Joseph's death is talked about, Jacob laments that and says, "I'm going to go down to Sheol." Why? Because his hope had all been set on Joseph, mm-hmm. who's the first son of Rachel. Who's the first son of Rachel, one, and I think he, he believes that that is where the Messiah is coming from, the promised seed, mm-hmm. and it's devastating to him. And I think he's still wrestling with that deep into life. I and I think it's it's only at the end that God wins over Jacob and says, "Jacob, I choose who I want. 
and it's not based on merit. It's based upon my sovereign choice. And Judah is one of the least likely characters. And the line of Judah through an illicit relationship shouldn't be, quote unquote, shouldn't be how God brings about the Messiah into the world. But if you look at the family tree that's provided in the genealogies, what you find is that it contains a ton of brokenness. Mm -hmm. It contains figures that you would say, wait, no, why Why would you include them? Rahab. And they're included. But I think it's, it's just another reminder Ruth. that God brings about this, this great good, a lion, that comes out of weakness, out of brokenness, out of sinfulness. And then you've got this incredible lion figure. And on the other side of that, with the incarnation, uh, as he makes us his, we he also is still using weak people. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, God chose what is weak in this world to shame the strong. God chose what was low and despised in the world, even the things that are not, to bring to nothing the things that are, so that no human being might boast in the <coughs> presence of God. And because of him, you are in Christ, who became for us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption. So as it is written, let no one boast, but boast in the Lord. And the lion of Revelation 5 is also the lamb of Revelation 5, mm-hmm. one that appears as, as, as slain. Mm-hmm. And I think those go together, that it's that whole idea that God uses weakness, even the quote-unquote weakness of his son on Calvary's cross to bring about this great redemption, to fix, if you will, the brokenness that's even in the, in the, the family tree of, of Jesus Christ. Because at the end of the day, the lion came to conquer sin and death and hell, and he did it through the death of his son. Well, thanks for listening to the show, and we'll see you tomorrow. 